weeks, that as we journey over this next month, building up to Easter, that there, if there's some things in your life that have seemed dead, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a, a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a dream, uh, maybe it's your uh, studies, we're really believing that God can bring life back to what was dead. Uh, and so we're gonna be preaching into that and uh, believing for that. But I'm gonna pray, is that cool? Uh, before we kick off, God, I, I just, um, I pray for tonight. Uh, God, I pray that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that people wouldn't need their crunchy, God, to stay uh, attentive. Uh, I pray that, God, you would use my words. God, it would be more than information, God, but there would be an impartation. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that your presence is here. I thank you that you're moving. I thank you that, Lord, there has already been several things that have been speaking to people's hearts. I pray that you continue to do that. I pray that you'd have your way. I pray that, God, we would make room, God, that we would become like empty vessels, God, to receive what you're saying. God, would we uh, allow you to fill us, God? I pray for ears to hear, God, what you're saying, for eyes to see, God, what you're doing, God, and give us a heart that is receptive, God, to be moved by you, God, to be moved by your spirit, I pray, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I, I wanna look at a story from the Bible um, uh, people or specifically a person who is sort of like a foreshadow of Jesus, a type, kind of like a preview of what Jesus would do. I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you feel like God is leading you into something or that you know he's called you to do something, but it's kind of like a bit blurry as to how you will get there. Uh, you're not really sure how you could make it happen yourself. In fact, you can't make it happen yourself. You, you need God to come through. Uh, I remember we had sort of like a situation like that when we were moving back down to Auckland. I remember it was so clear that God had called us to be back down here and God had been speaking to both Abby and I. Are you taking photos of my shoes, man? Uh, God had been sp speaking uh, to both Abby and I. Um, about coming down um, before we even knew what it was. We, we felt God stirring us. And, and so when we got asked to come back down, we, we so knew that this was what God was calling us to do. But then there were some hurdles along the way. Uh, we were one month out from having our third child. Uh, and so that sort of put a little bit of pressure on the, on the whole situation. And one of the things that sort of was kind of like a, a faith step was, was getting a house. Like we'd uh, looked around for rentals uh, and we sort of applied for a bunch. And uh, the problem was that often they wanted us to come and view the rental before we could apply for it. Uh, and so that narrowed it down some. We were looking on Trade Me and things like that. And, you know, every real estate website you can find. Uh, and so we narrowed it down to a few, uh, and we were coming down on the Tuesday to look at a bunch, and, and it was like all these doors started to close. You know, even as we got down that day, they were like, oh, sorry, this one's taken. We applied for another, and that was gone, and uh, we looked at a few, and they just weren't right. And we sort of remember when, when we were down that Tuesday, there was one other house that we'd sort of seen, but it was like way back. We thought, surely that one is gone by now, and, and we'd sort of ruled it out because it was a little bit further away. It was in Takanini. Uh, and so we, we're like, oh, you know, may, maybe we'll give it a crack. Let, let's see if that one's still available. And sure enough, we managed to get a last-minute viewing uh, on the day that we were down, and, and sure enough, it was empty. And so we applied for it, and in fact, it was like the only one that was then the option. It was like God had closed every door and it got to like a week before we were moving down. Uh, and we're sort of like, man, God, if, you know, we really need like a place to stay, like that would be great. Uh, and, uh, you know, the moving company was asking us, you know, like where you're moving to, we're like, we, we don't know, <laughs> but we'll let you know when we know. 
and it got to like, I think it was like the, the, the weekend or the, the weekend before we were moving on the Saturday, they said like, you know, we're the favorites, um, but the, the landlords are still making the decisions and all that kind of stuff. It got to the, the Monday, uh, nothing, Tuesday, nothing, Wednesday, nothing. I think Wednesday afternoon, we found out that we'd got the house. Like, hey, we've got the house, but we had no paperwork. So they've said we've got it, but we, had no, we hadn't signed anything. So like, technically, we don't have it. Uh, and then it ended up, actually on Thursday, we ended up signing the paperwork to move in on Saturday. It was like two days before, and we're like, you know, freaking out. And the thing is, is that we, we, we knew God was gonna come through. Uh, we knew that he would be there, uh, and that only he could open the door, but uh, walking through it was a little bit more of a faith step. We, we kind of weren't really sure how or when it would happen. And you know, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, uh, where you know that God has promised something, and that you know that God is good, and that you know that he will deliver on it, but you're like, when or how is that gonna happen? Uh, and that's the part of the journey that's tough, is, is actually walking through it, is actually waiting when you know God will come through, but you just don't know when he will. Uh, and so tonight, I wanna explore the story of Abraham. Uh, maybe some of you may know Abraham. Uh, he was the guy that, at 100 years old, him, him and his wife had a child called Isaac, and God had promised them this child, and the Bible, in fact, re- recounts the story, and it says that Sarah laughed, like, like, huh, like, that's ridiculous, you know, like, I'm, you know, really old, you know, I can't have a child. In fact, like, it was physically impossible for them to have a child, but God brings it about. They have this baby, and uh, God had sort of taken Abraham out of the tent and said, you know, look at the stars, count the stars, uh, your, you know, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars, and God had given him this promise. And then God asked him to do something that seems very like opposite to what he had promised. In a way, like it just makes no sense. And we wanna pick up the story in Genesis chapter 22, verses one to 14. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. And then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Like, hold, hold on, hold on, God. Like, huh, that, that, that's a bit crazy. You know, didn't, didn't, isn't this the promise? Isn't this the, the son that you gave me and now you're asking me to sacrifice? Like, it makes no sense. But it says that early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac, and when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, and he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the wood and the fire are here, but I'm not sure if you, you know, your, your memory's going, uh, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. I'm like, uh, Isaac's were like, yeah, sure. Uh, and so Abraham answered, um, and, and when they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. 
Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on that mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. What, like, what an amazing story. Uh, kind of like a story where kind of like you're like, wait, God, like God what, what are you trying to do here? It's kind of confusing, but I think there's so many keys to what, we want to, what I want to talk about tonight that we, can, that we can be drawn and taken from the story that I want to share with you. Uh, I think there's some things that we can see about the way that God leads us and the way that God provides for us that we can take from the story. And here's the thing, is that God's priority is often very different to our own priority. You know, I think our priority often is, is the end result, is the destination, is the stuff, where God is so much more focused on who we are becoming along the journey. God is so much more focused on what He wants to do in us rather than where we will get to. God, God knows the beginning from the end, and He knows where He's taken us. He knows His plan for us, and so His focus is on who we are becoming through this journey. And I wanna pull some things out that I think are real key for us that we can learn from Abraham because there's some things here that, that we see uh, in Abraham that are characteristics of God and then there's some things in Isaac that we can see that are characteristics of Jesus and what he would do. This is simply a foreshadow or a picture and there's so many of these before Jesus comes and before Jesus is revealed. Remember, Jesus always was, but before he was revealed, there were so many pictures and sort of previews of what he would do and who he would be uh, through scripture, and this is just one of them. And the first thing I think we can learn from this story is that we need to know God's voice. We need to know God's voice. The first thing that really stands out to me from this passage is Abraham's ability to discern God's voice. Like how many of us, if God had said that to us, would have started rebuking the devil? Like, you're like, you know, get away from me, then this is the promise, this is what God had promised me. And I think it's probably a good thing he didn't tell his wife. You know, like his wife would have been like, you, you, you're gonna do what? You know, like, it probably wouldn't have gone too well, maybe she would have, uh, you know, it, when it comes to, to knowing God's voice, it's so important. And, and Abraham has this amazing ability to discern God's voice. I love it how God speaks to him and then he says, you know, like, here I am, I'm listening. He's so quick to be able to discern and, and hear God's voice. And I wonder if we have that same ability. I wonder if we too can discern vo God's voice like that. And, and the thing is, is that that doesn't come without time. There's no substitute to spending time with God and to be able to discern his voice. And also, we need to, first of all, spend time in His Word. We need to, first of all, spend time reading the Word. Why? Because God will never say anything that will contradict His Word. He'll, he'll never say anything that doesn't line up with His Word. He always uh, is true to His Word. And so it's so important that we spend time with God in prayer and also reading His Word. Because, like, let's be honest, we all have some dumb ideas, right? Some of us have more dumb ideas than others. But, but the problem is when, when we begin to give God credit for our dumb ideas. 
like that's when we really go wrong. And we laugh because it's true. You know, some people are like, you know, God told me to do, yeah, no, I don't think he did. Um, or maybe that wasn't God, or maybe that wasn't the God that you think it is, yeah? And so it's so important for us to have a knowledge and understanding of God's word for ourselves. You know, we need to be spending time in his word that um, when we hear something or we think something or we even hear someone preach something, we're able to discern whether that's God's word or not uh, because we have an understanding of God's word for ourselves. We need to spend time with him. And uh, just for me, there's, there's a few ways that I, I find God speaks to me. Uh, I find that God speaks to me through, as I said, his word. That as I begin to read the Bible, often it's like it comes alive. There'll be, you know, maybe there's a passage that I've read time and time again, but this time when I read it, it sort of comes alive to me and I feel like it's just God speaking to me because it's a situation that I'm facing or dealing with in that present time. And I know that that is God confirming it or speaking to me through his word. Often there'll be a peace. I might be walking through a situation or there might be uh, something happening and I have an incredible peace that I, that I can't explain in natural terms. And maybe it's a hard situation and, and it just doesn't make sense to have peace about it, but you do. And I find that God speaks to me through that peace. Uh, maybe for you, that, that's you know, going into a job interview. Maybe that's uh, for you making a decision that you know is really hard and that could have bad consequences, but you just have a peace about it. And you know that God is in it and that it's leading you in it. I know that God often speaks through his peace. And then there's also like uh, the inner, uh, the, what we call the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. And it's hard to explain that, what that is, but I, I can just identify God's voice because I've heard it so many times before. And it's kind of like a, just a voice that I hear and it's not like out loud, but I know that it's God's voice. Why? Because I've heard it before and I know the results of when I followed it. I know that voice lines up with God's word. I know the results and the fruit that come from following those promptings. And, and from time and time again, being obedient to that voice, I know that I know that it's God's voice. And it just sounds different. And it, it just, it speaks to my heart. There, there's a peace that comes. There's, a, there's, a, a, there's like a calmness that comes when I hear that voice and I know that that's God speaking to me. But I recognize that voice, why? Because I've spent time with God. It hasn't come in a day or a week or a month or maybe 12 years. And, and sometimes I still don't get it right, right? Like nobody's perfect, but because I've spent time with him, I've learned to recognize that voice. And we need to spend time with God. And when we're filled with the Spirit, we need to trust that God does lead us. We need to trust that he does guide us, that he does give us peace in situations where it seems like it's impossible to have peace that he could give us peace. Why? Because God, the word says that his peace surpasses all understanding, uh, that it guards our hearts, that it guards our minds, that he can give us a peace as we're walking through those situations. And you know the beautiful picture that this points of is the cross, is that through Jesus, through his sacrifice, we're now able to have relationship with God. We're now able to speak to him and hear him speaking back to us. Before that, our sin was separating us from God, but now through forgiveness, we can have a relationship with God and we can spend time with him and hear his voice. Number one, we need to hear his voice, to step into what he's called us to do, to walk in to the, the plan that God has for us. We need to first be able to hear his voice. The second thing I believe that we can learn from this story is that we need to be quick to obey. And if I'm, if I'm honest, I struggle with this area. 
Uh, I, I'm super indecisive. Uh, I'm really bad at, at making a quick decision. And uh, my travel habits are, are, are like quite an example of this. Just on a recent trip uh, overseas, uh, I had like, I had a spreadsheet on my, yeah, I'm gonna go there. I had this spreadsheet on my phone, right? And uh, on that spreadsheet, I had like a breakdown of the budgets I had for all the different things. I also had like what I'd spent exactly like to the dollar or, to the dollar on, on every single item. And then I had this list of spending money and it had like an equation down the bottom so I could punch in different things, like different ideas that I had and then it could like tell me how much the total was gonna be. I, I worked and reworked that equation so many times uh, to decide what I was eventually gonna buy. And it actually came down to like the last day when I spent the last, okay, let's be honest, like the last hour. Okay, if I'm being really honest, it was like the last minute, okay? Like I was rushing into the last store. I was really supposed to be at the hotel getting my bag to go to the airport, but I was like buying the last thing. And I texted my wife, I was like, hey, uh, supposed to be, uh, you know, getting on the train to get to the airport, but like I've just walked out of the shop. She's like, she texts back something like, yeah, that's the part of traveling with you that I don't miss. Like, yeah, we, we, we might have had a, a situation uh, very early in our marriage where that happened. Uh, and uh, let's just say it was a point of contention. Um, yeah, she kind of likes just to buy stuff that she sees, but I, I, like to, I, I like to have all the options. Like, I don't want to just make a decision. Like, I want to know every option that I have before I make a decision. Like, I've, isn't, that, isn't that common sense? Like, I feel like... Uh, I'm really indecisive. And, and how many of us are like that too when God speaks to us about something, we're like, oh, I'm not really sure if that's God. Or, or maybe I'll just leave it for... Maybe I'll just sit on it, you know, I'll, I'll just wait. I'll just wait on God. And then wait on God talk, like turns into I just forgot. Uh, I, I forgot about it. I just, I just missed it. I, uh, I just drifted on by. Life got busy and I, I didn't do what God had asked me to do. But you know what I love about Abraham? It says that he, he, gets, he gets asked by God to do something that's like probably the hardest thing that he could do. This was like his dream, his life that he wanted to have a son and then he has the son, and then God asks him to sacrifice the son. Like, how many of us would have maybe like waited on that? Maybe like gone home to pray about it? Do you know what I mean? But it says that very early the next morning. Like, come on, people, that's before 8 a.m. Like, that's before the son got up. The next morning, he was like on his way to do it. I don't know about you, but that's pretty quick obedience. And I think that's quite inspiring for us is that, come on, let's be people who are quick to obey. Uh, let's be people who respond to God quickly rather than forgetting. You know, how often do we, do we procrastinate or, or think, yeah, I'll do that later or yeah, you know, when I'm older, you know, maybe I'll do that or you know that God's called you to do something um, but you sort of just let it slide or you maybe like hope that you'll forget or maybe you think, oh, maybe that wasn't God. Like if, you know, it's really God, you know, like would you, God, would you make me do it? You know what I mean? But that like overwrites free will. Um, anyways. Come on, why don't we be people who are quick to obey? When God says something, take a note, set a reminder. Uh, be proactive at being quick to obey. Because, man, like I know that God's got so much good stuff for us, but we need to be people who are quick to obey. But you know the amazing thing is, is that even though when we disobey, God forgives us. Even when we mess up, God gives us another shot. He gives us another chance. And the amazing thing about the cross, again, is that Jesus is, generosity towards us, is God's grace towards us, is that it says that even while we're still sinners, even while we're still far from God, that he died for us. 
He, he made a way for us, is that even when we, we don't obey, even when we mess up, even though when we're not faithful, it says that he is still faithful. And uh, man, we can just so, just go to God and just ask for forgiveness and he can make us right and make us whole again. First of all, we gotta learn to discern God's voice. We gotta know God's voice. Number two, we need to be quick to obey. And number three, we need to keep moving and keep trusting. I love that Abraham just kept moving. He just kept going, he kept trusting. And even when it made no sense, he just seemed to have this like immovable trust in God. Uh, when we read the passage, we see some telling statements, I think, that really reveal his mindset. It says when, when Isaac asked him, you know, like, oh, oh no, when he said to his servants, he said, we will worship and then we will come back to you. I don't know how much you know about English, but that's a plural, like that's two people, <laughs> No, 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 we will go worship and I will come back to you. We will go worship and we will come back to you. I find this statement interesting. Like, was it that he was just like trying to like lower the blow and trying to like keep it all cool? I don't think he was. I feel like he had the, like a trust in God. I feel like he had this trust in God that, that said, man, yeah, maybe I would sacrifice him, but I know that God can just resurrect him. Uh, maybe, maybe he knew that, that, that in, his, in his heart that, that God was gonna provide. Man, I, I think he just had this immovable trust in God that God would, would bring something to being. It sort of reminds me of that situation with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before they're gonna be thrown into the fire and they make that statement. They said, the God that we serve is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, like even if he doesn't, I, we're, we're still not gonna bow down to you. And I feel like Abraham had that same faith where he was like, Ah, I know that God's gonna do something, that we're gonna go, but we're gonna come back and God's gonna move. And then he continues to say, God himself will provide the lamb for the offering, my son. God himself will provide the lamb. He just had this faith that, that God would do something, that, that God himself would provide the lamb for the offering. And the picture of Isaac himself is amazing. It says that he carried the wood, which is like a picture of Jesus carrying his cross. And it says that, that obviously Abraham was quite advanced in his years and Abraham was very young. You, you can't tell me that, that Isaac couldn't have like, you know, busted a move, like, you know, and, and gotten away. But he, I, I think that Isaac laid himself down. I think that Isaac was willing to lay his life down just as Jesus was willing to lay his down. And it says that God, he said that God would provide the offering. I think he has such an understanding and a knowledge of the character of God. And I think it's the same for us. We, we can't let the things that we don't understand about God change what we do know about God. We can't allow the things that don't make sense to cause us to doubt the character of God, to cause us to doubt the goodness of God, to, to cause us to doubt God's ability to provide. Are you with me tonight? And I think Bex preached an excellent message on this this morning, and I encourage you, if you haven't heard it, to, to go back and have a listen. Uh, but I, what I find interesting is that the Bible says that God will provide a lamb, but God provided a ram. <laughs> it's like, God, did you just miss that? You know, like, sounds the same, but it's not quite. <laughs> but you know that in this situation, God didn't provide a lamb, but later on, he did. Because the Bible says that Jesus was the lamb that was slain. 
Jesus was the lamb that was slain. And, and the same way that, that God had asked Abraham to sacrifice his son was the same way that God had himself offered his son. And the same way that Isaac was willing to lay his life down, Jesus was willing to lay his life down. But the amazing thing here is, is that God doesn't really expect Abraham to do it, but God's willing to do it himself. Isn't that amazing that God would lay his own life down for us? I think we see an amazing picture of what God had planned, of what God had planned all along. You see, Jesus is true and better. Abraham and Isaac are just a simple reflection, a simple preview of what was to come and how much better God is. And here's the thing is that, and I want to invite the team to come join me. The thing is that God is so much better and God is so much greater than we can imagine. And you know, God's plan is so much greater than you can imagine. God's plan for you is so much greater than, than you can imagine. You see, the, the thing is, is that often we think that, that God is preparing this blessing for us. That God's got this blessing for us and he's kind of like getting it all ready and, like, and it's not quite ready yet. Like, you know, maybe you woke up late or something like that. And like when, he, when he's like ready, then, then we'll receive what God has promised to us. But the reality is, is that God's actually prepared a blessing for us. And He's in the process of preparing us for that blessing. You know that, that God already had what was planned for Abraham. Maybe that ram was already there. Maybe that ram was coming up from the other side of the hill as Abraham was coming up the one side. Or maybe even God just miraculously brought the lamb into being, or the ram, sorry, out of thin air. Because God can do that. God wasn't preparing a blessing for Abraham. God was using this situation to prepare Abraham for what he had for him. When we look back, God had already promised him that he would make him a great nation. But now this, this was just one stepping stone of God preparing Abraham. You know, I, I drive a car like a lot of people do and uh, I've got a six-year-old son. And if I asked my six-year-old son and I gave him the keys of my car and said, hey, could you just quickly go buy milk from the dairy? Probably wouldn't go that well right? But if I take that same car, if I take that same keys, if I take my same son in 12, 13, 14 years time and I ask him to go to the same dairy and buy milk, he probably could do it. I'd like to think he could. What's changed? Has the car changed? No. Has the keys changed? No. Has the dairy changed? No. What's changed is him. He's now ready for it. He's now prepared for it. You know, the thing is, is that God's doing some things in us. He's preparing some things for us. And we're so focused on the blessing and uh, hoping, that, hoping that when we get there, that God will prepare a blessing for us. But God's already got it prepared. He's just preparing us. And the quicker we can learn to discern His voice, the quicker we can learn to obey quickly, the quicker we can keep walking and keep moving and keep trusting, the quicker that we can receive what God has for us. Why? Because God's already got it prepared, but God is in the process of preparing us. Come on, would we be quick to respond? Would we be quick to obey? Would we stop worrying about what God has got for us, knowing that He's really got it sorted, and start asking the question, hey God, what are you doing to me? 
God, what do you wanna say to me? God, what do I need to let go of? God, what do I need to change? God, what do I need to work on? God, where's an area of my life that I need to obey you in? Come, let's close our eyes and pray. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that as I have been speaking, God, you've been speaking. That I've been, as I've been speaking, God, you've been highlighting some things to people. Areas of their life, God, that they've had shut off to you. God, I pray that you would give them the boldness. God, I pray that you give them the confidence, God, to let you in. God, I know some of those areas have been shut for many years, God. Some of those areas involve hurt. But I thank you, God, that you are the healer. Thank you, God, that you wanna bring healing. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, right now in this moment that you would come and bring healing, God. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring healing from words that were spoken over people, both by others and themselves. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and bring healing from abuse. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring minds to break mindsets, God. Anxiety would go. Depression would go. Anorexia would go. Bulimia would go. Holy Spirit, would you come and have your way? Holy Spirit, would you come and bring healing. I thank you, God, that you're a good God. I thank you that you have amazing things in store. I thank you that you've got a plan and a purpose for every one of us. And Holy Spirit, would you open our ears to hear what you're doing? Would you open our eyes to see, God? And would you help us to open our hearts, God, to let you in? In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Cool, can we thank Adrian for that incredible word?